You are listening to the She Salt Podcast. I am your host, Kathy Lighton, and my co-host are Shanaa Sony and Leah Fox. We are three women in our 50s, all with stories to tell and vast perspectives. We are everything from lifelong yogis, Reiki master, NASA scientist, helicopter pilot, life coaches, and plant medicine enthusiasts. This podcast's goal is to add feminine flavor to every subject under the sun, from sexuality to out-of-body experiences. We have you covered. Follow and listen along. Everybody and welcome to She Salt Podcast. Our topic for today is going to be Fork in the Road, and it's going to be a discussion led by Shanaz today about how we got here. How did we make it here? How did the three of us link up and where we are in our lives today? So that's going to be our topic. I'm excited about it. Shanaz is going to ask us some questions. I'm going to intervene when I get a chance, and then I'm going to ask her some questions and Leah too. <laughs> so ladies, welcome. And I got to say, it's so good to see your pretty faces. I'm excited. Yes, I'm very excited that we're going to have this fun conversation and, um, yeah, so let's actually first we greet ourselves, right? So Leah, how is how is it going? Going pretty well. <laughs> Thank that you for asking. Cool. How are you doing? I love your orange outfit. It looks really cool. So yeah, the fact yeah. that we have a video now, we can actually interact with the whole different way. And I know that some of you guys will be listening to us through audio and some of you guys will be listening to video. So wherever you are, you're gonna get a very rich exchange that we're gonna have. Yeah. So, so the reason I picked the topic fork in the road, so I want to tell everybody a little bit that fork in the road is way more than fork in the road when you really look at it from a very different perspective, which is basically a word bifurcation. It's the same as fork in the road. So if you think about it, a lot of us have heard the word and it sounds really fancy, but it's the exact same thing. And I have to kind of give you guys a little of imagination. So let's assume we do live in a simulation world, which Elon Musk has said that there's a high probability we do. Oh, Elon, and, yeah. <laughs> and if there is that chance, then the equation that could create this entire um, world that we live in is Mendelbrot set. It's basically called, you know, fractality, the nature of the fractality, right? So we've heard that word as well. And uh, what I wanted to do is before we truly, because we're going to go, we're going to have some fun. I wanted to share my screen for the one who are able to see the video on this uh, podcast okay? so that they can understand what fractal means. And then we're going to get into the actual discussion of how we have created our fork in the road and where we are in our lives today. So would that be good? Sure, sure, sure. Go for it. Okay. So I'm going to present and mind that we're doing this whole thing for the first time, but I think we're going to rock and roll. And I should, you should be seeing the, on the video, you should be seeing this Mendelbrot pattern that ends up forming based on the very, very simple equation, by the way. And the thing that I want to point out here is not to overwhelm everybody who's looking at this. This is actually a picture that's in my book, Quantum Human, and I go very deep dive into it. But for the sake of conversation here, I just want to bring everybody's attention to the fact that this pattern repeats and there is a fork in the road 
that keeps creating something that we've already gone through, like a hologram. And that's what our life is. Even if we, if we truly look at our life in a, in a way like we're looking at the forest, you're going to see that we do create our new forks in the road based on the fork we end up going towards, right? So it's a constant decision making that comes. And there is this cause and effect that we are creating by choosing the direction we choose when we do encounter a fork in the road. So uh, I will just open to Kathy, you and Leah, before I leave the screen and come back to you guys on face-to-face. -face. Do you guys have any question based on what I just said? No, I I, go ahead, Leah. I was going to say, I don't have any questions, but I have a comment. Sure, go ahead. This looks really, um, it looks much like some of the visuals that I have seen when I have done um, plant medicine. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because you get in touch with the patternistic world when you are under the influence of, uh, you know, those plant medicine because you become one, right, with, with more than yourself. So, yeah, so that's actually a compliment. Thank you, Leah. Kathy, do you have any question? No, I've studied a little bit about fractal and about how all this works. And I actually, I think I've seen this somewhere. Um, I don't know where, but yeah, I, I get it. So, no, no questions right now. Maybe later. Okay. Perfect. So I should be able to stop the sharing and let me know if it has. Perfect. Yeah. So now I want to come back to this. That fork in the road is very important because that was my point with that uh, depiction of uh, fractality and so forth. And I'm going to start with you, Kathy. Okay. So I would like to ask you, and I know this is going to be a, you know, we're all doing it impromptu. We didn't practice it. We're just going to go into down in our memory lane and pick up the, uh, pick up the one that attracts us the most. So my sure. biggest question to you is that in your life, what was the very first fork in the road that you can recall that truly was very pivotal in in the growth and evolution? Sure. That That's an easy one for me. And I, I talk about it if you go back in the podcast, when you get to fear, I talk about it there. And I say that when I made that decision to leave home at 17 and to marry, I knew that was going to be a pivotal decision. I did. I, I also knew it was going to be a very hard road to tow. Um, but I was very um, guided to take that path. And keep in mind that road led me to a lot of hardship and a lot of pain. But I went over this in podcasts that I feel that was the road I was meant to travel. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I left home at 17, even at 17, I knew there was a lot of gravity to the choice I was making. And I think I knew it would be a difficult road to go down. But I, there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing it. There was nothing. It, you know, I could have stayed home. I could have probably had a much easier life in a lot of ways. But I do not think had I taken, had I not taken the path I did, that I would be the woman I am today or that I would be sitting here with you ladies. So I, um, I followed the road less traveled, I guess. Yes, yeah, I think we all have, right? That's why we're here. So one thing I want to ask you is that the incident that has happened in your life, right? The, the, I would say, I don't even know how to label that because it's such an incident. Is that happened afterwards, after you left, uh, make a decision to leave your house? Yes, yeah, that did. And I, and I can say that, you know, that that incident was so power packed that even that incident 
brought forks to me in the road. Because, you know, when that happened, I had the choice to uh, prosecute or not. And I, I was, I chose to prosecute, you know, and then that came with that came a pregnancy, not from that incident, but just a few months later, I got pregnant. So, and then after that, I had a choice to leave an abusive marriage or to stay, you know, all of these big choices to me are forks in the road. And you, you get to a point in life where you look at, look at your choices and you say, I'm taking this one. And, and, and I can say for me that when I make choices like that, even young like that, I know it's pivotal and I know it may not be easy, but if I'm really drawn to that path, that's where I'm going to go. Yes. And I think that I'm glad you said that because every single choice you're making, right, it's creating the new choices that are rooting off of that choices. Sure. So you won't even be able to come to where you were if you wouldn't have taken that fork in the road of leaving the house. Well, you time. know, and let's just look at it another way, too. What if I didn't take the path I took and I took the other road? I took the other fork in the road. I think about that a lot. And, and when I was earlier, I younger, I used to think about it more because, you know, when things were harder, I wondered if I made the wrong choices. You know, you're like, if I hadn't have done that, or if I had done that, you know, and now looking back, I'm like, damn, that was an awesome trip. I learned so much. I'm so proud of the path I took. Um, but it was hard. You know, it was hard. I took my trip to Oz, you know, I and and I, I followed my own yellow brick road and there was witches and there was flying monkeys and, you know, there was all of those things. But um, gosh, I guess my, my point to young people that are listening to this, young women, young men or whatever, when you're at a place in life where where you're really at a pivotal point where I, you can go one direction or you can go the other you have to have a mind-body connection. And Shnaz, you and I talked about this the other day. You have to you have to integrate what you feel with what you know, you know, and, and you have to make that mind-body connection and go into it. Um, and go into it willing to accept the consequences that come with it. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's better to make a choice than not, because when you are not making a choice, you're still making a choice. You're still making a choice. Somebody else is making it for you instead of you making it for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of important. And, you know, one thing I want to bring it up when you mentioned about, like, you know, you think about what if, because every what if creates a different reality for your present tense. Oh, God. Yeah. we, We could fractal into a hundred different ways to <laughs> go. Because my 11 years old son, my youngest, right? He's like sitting, he's very much, he's very philosophical when it comes to that. So he's saying that, mom, is there any regrets you have in life? You know, like he was just asking me, like, we're just having a dinner. And he asked me questions that really is funny, right? And then I tell him, that, you know, there are things that just like you said, that were not really pleasant in your life. And same here, but at the same point, like in my case, I have got these four extremely incredible, beautiful, intelligent boys. That's like my treasure box, right? Sure. And I would have, I would have not get, gotten those four boys the way they are today. And I appreciate them way more today than I have ever, you know, yeah. because I have evolved into understanding that that hardship brought me to this incredible life that I'm surrounded by, right? Right. So I was telling him that I could not have, because if I would have made a single change in my case, it would have not given me these for beautiful boys, right? Right. So kind of like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Do? For sure. 
Exactly. So it's kind of funny. So I wanted to ask you, Leah. So Leah, I'm going to ask you a little bit differently. So one of the things that you have done that I don't think that, I don't know a single woman who is a helicopter pilot, let's just say. So something as unique and different that you actually did, I'd like you to answer me in what type of fork in the road that you had accepted, which led you to that place. Um, I, re I remember very vividly. So just to rewind a little bit, I had already been in the reserves. So I was already in the res reservist in the military and I was going through college and I was coming up on my graduation from college and I actually got sick. I got really, really sick and I had been making really good money working at a casual fine dining restaurant, but I didn't have any insurance. And at that same time of graduating, I was already starting to interview for um, positions in Florida, different planning positions, because my degree was in um, urban planning. And I was offered a job for, I think, I remember $14,000. Ooh, big money. <laughs> at the time making a whole lot of money serving tables. It got sick and I realized very quickly, wait a second, if I'm not working, I'm not making money. And at the same time being sick, I was, I, that, that, uh, that illness cost me a lot of money. And I really felt like there's something that I really wanted to do. Um, I, initially it was, I wanted to go into nursing that didn't that didn't pan out quite well for me. So I felt, well, what can I do? And then I was leaning into some of the things that my family has done, you know. And I have um, both my father and my grandfather were pilots, and I felt like, yeah, this was something that I would want to do. And so I looked into it and talked to a um, a friend of mine uh, that's a recruiter and he said yeah we can make that happen so that's when I made that decision to go active duty and uh, move through the different um, stages of finally making it into war warrant officer candidate school wow. so it was a long road it was not an easy one it wasn't right. like just fill out one application there you go it was over a year and a half of time spent putting this packet together to go to um, flight school. How many women were in your training besides you? Um, when I went into warrant officer candidate school, so that's where you become the warrant officer, and that happens before you go to flight school. In that was about maybe eight, eight women okay. out of a class of 72, and that's just your first stage. That's to right. become the warrant officer. That's to get commissioned. And out of that, I think it was maybe in my class too. Wow. Good girl. Other, yeah. Good girl. And then once, once we were at the flight line, um, I moved over to Bravo Company where all of us uh, future pilots were being housed. There was probably a handful. Yeah. So it was very few women that, was, that were going through it the same time I was. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So it's, uh, it's interesting that the sickness kind of made you 
And that was a trigger for you because, you know, we have that trigger that makes us think differently, which puts us on a different path and takes us to different type of fork in the road. So the fact that you became sick was kind of the blessing in disguise for you to create a new opportunity for your growth. It was honestly for <laughs> for me, it was, oh, wait, <laughs> health insurance is important right yeah. now. Because I leaned into the, for me growing up, there was a lot of not feeling safe. Right. And so when I made that, re, you know, it became very real to me that, oh, I'm a grown adult. And now that I get sick, I've got to pay for that. Because even though my mom and dad were nearby, my mom came and checked on me. They wanted to put me in the hospital. They didn't pay for it. it right, right. <laughs> pay but, for that. You know, don't you all find it's funny, though, when you look back at certain things in life that, it seems to me that if the universe intends for you to do something, it will throw a ton of shit in your path <laughs> to make sure you take a path that leads you to what it is you are intended to do. I mean, it seems to me and and, you know, a lot of people ask like, oh, you know, don't you hate that that happened to you or don't you you know, how can you forgive this person or that person? I'm like, but you don't understand this was this was the only way to get me to do what I needed to do. And maybe I'm super stubborn. So it took, <laughs> it took hard things to get, to get us there. But I do believe that the universe will put in front of you the obstacles needed to build you up to be the person you're intended to be. Because what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Because yeah, but, but I'm, I'm strong now. <laughs> I don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but to what uh, Shanaz was talking about, because when you were talking about your babies and or your sons, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, my goodness, if I had not gone into the military, I would not have met um, Gabe's father, who is actually a pilot as well. Um, and he would have never come to be not in the in the form that he is today. Right. right. So I, I'm you know, I feel blessed as well that that was part of my path yeah for sure for sure exactly no that is pretty good so all right yeah. Shanaz it's your turn <laughs> <laughs> my god so many fork in the road but I'll actually share this one fork in the road because it's an interesting one so when I came to America uh, so I was already in an engineering school right and I came to America thinking I'm going to get an admission easily but it's not easy when you are from a foreign country plus my English was not good so I applied to three schools and all of them rejected me partly because um, one of my mark sheet that I brought from my Pakistani school had a failed in front of one of the class. And even though it wasn't that I failed it, it had to do with the union and the riots in Karachi, Pakistan at the time. So you could just see that it's a very a challenging situation. But in America, nobody would understand that because they don't really operate from that understanding the third world country has their own problems, right? So basically I wasn't getting admission because they're looking at my mark sheet and they're seeing this one class being filled. And I wanted to pursue my engineering because to me, that was the one reason I came to America and agreed to arrange marriage is to continue my education. To me, that was always the most important thing. And I actually decided that which school do I truly want to go to? And then I created an appointment with the chancellor and then I met with her to explain her that why this fail is on the mark sheet and just minded that this is like early 90s. I don't speak English well. 
but I'm extremely determined to get admission to this school and it was University of California, Irvine. And I'm sitting in front of the chancellor and then I'm telling her that this fail has nothing to do with my capability for this class. It has to do with the fact that when I went to take the exam, there was riots and I wanted to take the exam, but I could not. And they put the fail in the mark sheet. And then I even explained her because it was very challenging because the incident goes like this, that I, because I had to fly from America just to take this exam, right? Because wow. System. And I'm, take, I'm ready to take the exam and the union is flooding the entire school because they have decided that today is not the day that people can take exam because one of the rich person was ill and they didn't want him to fail the class. So they made <laughs> everybody else fail the class. And oh, I, I was so determined that I still wanted to take the exam. So I kept taking it while everybody else is vacated. And then the union guy came to me, he put the gun on my temple and then took the paper away and I cried. And basically I had to go that far because I'm just so determined, right? So it had to go, I mean, it was pretty tragic. And even then I didn't give up, right? So afterwards I, I found a way to go to the principal office and I said, is there any safe place in this whole university where I can take this exam? And then he looked at me and he said that, which union do you belong to? And I said, I belong to nothing. I belong to myself. And he said, well, that doesn't work. Hmm. Wow. So, and then that same exam happened a year after and I couldn't just go a year after. Right. So basically, so when I explained that to the chancellor, I mean, she just could not believe right, that this is happening in this world. She said this happens on planet Earth. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she told me that, OK, this class, you'll have to take it again because it's your fail. I said, I have no problem taking the class again, but just give me the damn admission, man. How am I going to start this? Right, like, right. Mean? And so, yeah, it was very like, but it required a lot of courage, right? For you to actually yeah. go in front of somebody, speak in broken English, a story that's not heard of. And she, I think, was taken by the fact that I was willing to go as far as I needed to to get the admission. And then she gave me an admission on contingency, um, providing that I maintain my GPA above 3.0. And I'm a very hardworking person. So while I was learning engineering, I was learning English. I maintained my GPA higher than 3.5. And just imagine the fork in the road that created for me, because where I am today as a NASA rocket scientist, I wouldn't right. be there. That's a good story. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's wow. That's impressive. Yeah, yes, that's a good yes. one. To me, that is that is what I actually. So one of the biggest reason I even chose this topic is to tell people that when, like you said, that when you get that nudge to do something, and if you don't follow it, then more things comes your way. But there are some people, you know, because we have been already trained in knowing what truly our calling is. Like to me, the going to school was like, like, like for my survival, because I knew that if I don't do that, I would be completely, uh, plus we were very, uh, financially, we were very bad. Like when I got married, my husband had no money. He didn't even have money to afford my ticket to go from Karachi uh, to uh, LA. So I learned all that. And for me, this was like my bread and butter. There's no way I'm going to survive if I don't get this education. Yeah. So it was a huge, huge uh, survival instinct. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a question for you, Shanaz. Did you also see that getting an education might me be a means to a more expanded version of freedom? Yeah, I yeah. leaving potentially leaving your, your, I would say husband, your husband. Actually, you know, at that time, I didn't because when I married him, because I was very much under this belief system as a you know, Muslim growing up, I believed in heaven and hell. And I had no plan on leaving him ever because I thought if I do leave him, I'll straight go to hell. I mean, I really was a very conservative Muslim. My only reason for independence was that even when I was living in my household with my dad, my dad was kind of 
not as ideally kind uh, to me as I would have liked him to be. So I was always looking to get away from my household. Like I wanted to run away, but in Karachi, if you run away, yeah. you either get chopped off and be put on a, a street as a beggar or you become a prostitute. So Ooh. I was very well aware that my life is not going to be good if I run away from my house because I didn't like it. Yeah. I enjoy my household. And my only thing was that if I become independent enough that I can make enough money where I can pay for my food, clothing, shelter. So that was ingrained in my quest for independence. And because of that, as soon as I got married, even though I had no plan on leaving my husband, I was planning on making sure that if anything happens to him, then I am not dependent on him. It yeah. was extremely important to me. <laughs> so coming from your background and, and, and the extremes of, the, of it, you knew that it was vital that Shanaz be able to take care of Shanaz. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in this country, you know, like we have so many opportunities to do whatever we want and we could even fail and still be taken care of in this world, you know. And I think in some ways, as as, as great as it is to live in a country like that, that that actually sometimes um, keeps people from striving to improve themselves, too, because there's always a safety net. There's always something there to catch them. There's always, you know, um, a government that's going to help feed you and, you know, shelters to go to and things like that. But it's it's very admirable that you were so determined to better your life. And it really, it was up to you and, and you did it. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we face these little forks in the road daily, you know, daily. I mean, just me recently up here, you know, um, when we left Huntsville, we went through a year and it was COVID. So everybody went through this year of funk and isolation. And, you know, people that did go to work at the office are now at home. And we all went through this weird thing. But when we finally got up here, I expected to just instantly have community, right? <laughs> oh, I was going to have friends again. And oh, I'm going to teach yoga again. And I realized I wasn't I wasn't putting in the effort that I was capable of doing. And the minute I set my mind to what I wanted to do and I took the road to do it. And let's keep in mind, this is a path you're taking. So it involves you putting one step in front of the other to actually build the momentum to walk the path. So, you know, it was just I think it's just been in the past two months. Like I sat myself down. I'm like, okay, you want friends, you want tribe, go for it, you know? So now, y'all, it's magical. Like, <laughs> I go into my yoga class now, and there's no room for people. We have to turn them away. It's awesome. And and the women are like, let's go. We're all going to lunch. And, you know, I have this new network of women, and we're all going to lunch. And I have I've opened a yoga studio here in my home and you know yesterday I had a neighborhood women all in here so as soon as I made that like the true mental shift to yeah. draw not only to draw it toward me but for me to walk toward it and I realized that I'm like you know it's like it's like when somebody says well somebody says oh well you never call me and I'm like well you never call me you know, so the line goes both ways, right? So I decided I'm going to walk the path and I'm going to accept what what comes toward me as I walk toward it. And and it's a give and take. And I really think if you 
if you plan out the path you want to take, that sometimes it's a, it's a road easier traveled. Yes. Easier. And you know, I love the way you said it because, you know, forking the road, of course, means you make a decision to go there. But just like Leah said that she had to really follow through for one and a half year of paperwork and even the, pers- you know, the, the, yeah. the resilience and the persistence of it. So it's not just like that you decided and things will just magically unfold for you you gotta have to constantly keep the momentum going and keep well, on yeah, going yeah and get back to the fractal right because you can be walking down the road and and all of a sudden you can be given another you can you can get tired of walking that road and then you take another path right but yeah. if you, if so there's along the path there's a there's fractal paths all over but i think if you when you start your path if you know the if you know along the journey, the destination you want to get to, exactly. you're going to be less distracted by the easier path. Like, oh, I'm right. tired of that. I'll just take this easier path. And, and in doing that, it's going to take you longer to get to your destination. And I you think. may not even get to your destiny, depending on what easier path you take. Yeah. And the thing about easier path is that sometimes we're slave to our habits and all of us are. And, right. and, and it's okay because, you know, I love my Pakistani tea every morning and I love it so much that it's just something I look forward to it. And I know that it's caffeinated, but you know what? It's okay. Because I do many other things that's really kind of complements that habit of mine, right? But it's, it's almost like we give a little, we take a little, right? So we sure. have to find ourselves. But you're right about the whole thing about keeping your eyes on the prize or keeping your eyes on the destiny. Like for me to have the goal that I want to pursue my education, no matter what, no matter the obstacle, that was my main uh, big picture for Leah to kind of say that, oh my God, you know, I make really good money because I'm pretty attractive. I do pretty well in this. But at the same point, this is not the way I want to live because yeah. I'm, I'm a human being. I do get sick. And if I get sick, all bets are off. <laughs> that type of job, right? I think and reality then, got a hold of Leah there a little bit, right, Leah? Oh, yeah. 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 And I think that is just so interesting. One other thing I wanted to ask you, and either one of you can go first in this one, is that is there anything in your life that you feel like you've been holding back and it's and and, and you still think about it and you know you're going to one day take that fork in the road but you haven't if there's something like that popping up in your head then you can bring it on leah you go first oh goodness um <laughs> I, I feel for me the only thing that came forward when you were talking about that is really owning what has been coming up for me again and again and again is the word healer and that will owning that has been, um, I don't know, sometimes difficult and challenging for me. Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm moving through that and I'm beginning to own it and put my arms around it and lean into it with not just body and mind. It's like allowing myself to move forward um, yeah. with my heart. I think it's funny sometimes how things come about, though, because, you know, that that is my intention. I'm a Reiki master and I don't use that to the degree that I should. I use it more in daily life with reading people and knowing how to talk to certain people, knowing what they need to hear, what they need to say. That's how I bring out that talent. Um, But, you know, just and when I started light on method, that was my intention. Right. But I think I kind of took with that a path that didn't serve me as well. 
um, with the with the archetypes, although that knowledge is extremely valuable and I appreciate that knowledge and it helps me. But it's something that's a little intimidating for other people if they don't understand it. But once I kind of dropped that um, that thing that intrigued me so much with the archetypes and just got back to my talent of connecting to people it's come. So like yesterday, I helped a lady, she came and she she struggles with some anxiety, you know, she has anxiety issues. And we sat down and talked and um, I read her with without even her knowing it, I could feel the pain in her. We went through some breathing exercises and just tears and, you know, the whole thing. And I thought, here I am, you know, the here I am, here is the healing that I was meant to do. And that's exactly what's drawing this tribe I'm looking for to me today. So I think for the healing, um, we have a method that we think we're supposed to be a healer, right? We're like, I want to be a healer in this modality. And I, you know, I, this is the, the method of healing that I want to use. But I think sometimes we're healers and we don't even realize it. And that's what we need to to tune into. Like for me, it's simply being a talking to someone. I can help people heal in conversation or in meditation. And this podcast for me is a form of my being a healer because and it's one reason I've never given it up. Um, is because I feel and I have many people that email me or talk to me after they listen to a podcast and go, this touched me. Mm-hmm. So it being a healer, you know, we always think, oh, in Reiki, we have to, you know, share our energy or fix chakras or these sorts of things. But sometimes being a healer is just being yourself and being connected to yourself. And that's what people connect to, because when you're trying to push an agenda of yours on someone, um, it's things are lost in the message, you know. So I've really loosened my grip on what what I thought a healer was, because what you're doing right now, sharing your story with the world is is being a healer. That, too. But I was also thinking there's also just um holding space for somebody to be heard yes so much power there that can be a very healing for an individual that hasn't been heard yeah somebody hasn't heard their story yes and there are many times that that's the one thing that somebody needs is to to have been heard and to feel valid you know like this woman i was this beautiful woman that i um talked to last week um, you know, she 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 started following the podcast and she got real into some episodes. She's she got a bit of life history of mine. And, you know, she's like, oh, my God, you know, I, I've had such a sheltered life and I can't believe you've been through all this. And then I'm like, it's OK. I'm like, you know, it's fine. I'm, I'm happy with my life. You know, I'm not shattered. I'm not, you know, any of that. And then, you know, she's in that she's she's not validating her own worth because she said she's led a sheltered life. Right. She thinks because she's been sheltered, she's not valid in this whatever. But then she starts to share a little about her life. And I understand where the anxiety comes from. And I'm I'm look, I'm I feel her pain and I'm like, hun, you know, you it's okay to feel that pain. It's okay. You know, you're good. You're valid. You count. There's nothing wrong with you. And I think that's really, like you said, just let them be heard. You know, let them 
let them feel worthy of of being heard and sharing their their life and their story because we all have one and i don't think anybody's led a perfect life no no and perfect life is uh is questionable and the fact is if you have lived a perfect life there is no growth there, right? Because of the relativity is how you grow. Right. You only grow by going through hardship. That's the only time you appreciate what is not hard. But an interesting thing about the healer is that a lot of time as a healer, we feel like, you know, if I'm a healer, then I need to be really strong within myself, which to some extent you do because you're holding some a space for, not just for yourself, for another person who comes in your space. But just like you said, there's no perfection. So a lot of time, if you are looking that you have to be perfectly healed before you can heal someone else, then that is just a belief that we carry and we don't need to carry that because you know what? People come to you partly because they need to come in your light. But you know, one other thing I wanna share with you because I always wanted to be a doctor growing up and I would always tell my mom that I wanna be a doctor and my mom say, why? And I say, because I wanna help other people. I wanna basically heal other people. And then she would actually say to me that you don't have to be a doctor to heal anyone, right? And at the time, it didn't make any sense to me because I thought that my mom does not understand my goal. And then I actually also had a psychic reading later on down the road. And I asked her, that, what's my mission? And she said, just be. And I'm like, what the hell that is? That doesn't sound <laughs> exciting. I like to work hard, remember? So I'm, I'm thinking that makes no sense. But now, as I'm coming to this extreme uh, wisdom, you know, as we are growing, it's like, wow, just be is actually because, you know, because you are just be, you're vibrating in your presence, and then you attract people, and then everything that you've learned, whether you practice it with the label that you're writing or not, you end up carrying that light for them, and you do it exactly the way they can take the healing in. Yeah. Because everybody's way of he- taking the healing is different, right? Right. So, so you, you do your magic. Right. And speaking of magic, you know, I believe when women can come into their true self, their magic, um, when they can embrace their pain and their and themselves and, and, and find a way to alchemize that into being a full woman um, and uh, women aren't perfect, but what women are intended to be are healers. We are the original healers. We are the oracles. We are the ones that divinity is, is channeled through, you know, and I think as if women can just even start to grasp that reality, you know, and accept themselves as a healer and start with healing yourself, you know, like work mm-hmm. on it. It's never going to be complete. It's we're always going to work on ourselves. But if you can turn your if you can realize the power, I mean, I just feel freaking honored to be born a woman. I really do. I, 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 agree. I think it's it's a miracle. And I think that I as a woman am a natural healer. I think you yeah. are. I think you are. I think we are oracles. I think we we are given divine guidance. Um, we just have to channel into it, you know. So, you yeah. know, I see that in other women too. And as I get older, I'm much more aware of not being judgmental of other women, of not holding resentment or jealousies for them, because the more we do that, whether we tell them or not, it's felt. It's rippled out there in the world, you know. So, I I mean, just in the past year and a half, I've let go of things I didn't even realize I was holding on to. 
That's good. That's good. So I think that this is very interesting. So I think I'm ready to kind of give my summary and then I'm going to ask you guys to give your summary sure. so that everybody who's listening. So if the fork in the road, right, we are all of us are constantly given fork in the road. It's just the way it is. If you're a human being in this on this earth, you will always run into fork in the road. It's completely up to you, right? What to which one to take. You definitely have the power and make sure you do use it wisely and don't let somebody else have that power because the power is yours, the choice is yours, and the manifestation is yours because every decision you take, it brings you to a new place, new fork in the road. And as a healer, we all are technically being each other because that's because we're a crystalline human being. And in my quantum human book, I actually highlight the very fact that we're going from this carbon-based body to crystalline body. And being a woman, we are very aware of our multidimensional existence and men are coming on board to that. But I, as much as women are going to start doing it, they're going to start affecting men because, you know, men loves women, right, for the most part. So that is going to happen naturally. Like in your case, Kathy, your classic example where you are really evolving and your husband is evolving with you. I mean, the fact that he's choreographing this whole thing for three of us is a very good example that he is helping us make this happen. Right. So, so yeah, so I think Fork in the Road is a great opportunity for you to take the next step towards evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, I, I think every day we're giving, we're given choices and you can consider it a fork in your, in your row, in your daily path you take, right? So you can get up in the morning and you can say to yourself, it's going to be a good day and I'm grateful for this day and I'm going to make the most of it. Or you can get up in the morning and be like, I don't want to do this and, and you're just going to have a crappy attitude and then you're just slowing your progress on the path that you really want to go down. Um, choices, choices, you know, just, just be mindful of the choices that you make and the attitude that you have. Um, and it becomes easier. So the, the more you choose to be positive, the more you choose to be happier, the easier that comes to you. The more you choose to be negative, the more you choose to, um, close yourself away from people, the more you do that, the easier that's going to be for you to stay in that darkness too. So walk your path, walk it with intention, put one foot in front of the other and, 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 and be happy about it. You know, it's not always going to be easy, but be happy that you're actually putting one foot in front of the other. Keep going. Exactly. <laughs> Leah. Uh, mine is really short. I, I think since we've started this conversation, what keeps coming to me is a, a, a quote that uh, Rumi has stated is what is seeking, what you are seeking is seeking you. Yeah. So I would say follow your heart and lean into that. And then also to be really true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If there's something you really believe in and you're doing it with gratitude and you're doing it with a good heart it will come to me. It you. It will come to meet you, just like you're going to meet it. I mean, we're magnetic creatures, us women. You just got to go out. You got. <laughs> you got to ask it to be drawn to you because we're already drawn to it, right? That is true. So. 
All right, ladies, as always, this was fun. This And I love just seeing y'all. It's so fun. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to try to get this on YouTube, everyone. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want to actually see what we look like, if you haven't seen the three of us together, um, go to my YouTube channel. It's She Salt, and it's under Kathy Lighton. So that's L-I-G-H-T-O-N, and the name of the podcast. Um, the name of the YouTube channel is Sea Salt. So I'm going to attach lots of hashtags and things like that to this podcast so that you know where to find each of us. Shanaz has a book coming out soon. Uh, we really want to promote that. And, you know, she has a life coaching business that she's that she's doing that we really want to see her succeed in it. Uh, I do meditations. I'm available for life coaching as well. And I do yoga. Um, find things that work for you, you know, um, listen to listen to hey maybe you're having a fork in the road right maybe there's there's something um that you want to talk to one of us about and leah is you know very interested in plant medicine if you have something that you want to bounce off her or maybe even experience that you want to share with her i think that would be really really cool leah are you open for that I'm open for that. Yeah, I think opening that door for maybe people have questions for you or maybe um, they have a story to share with you because I know that's a healing path you want to go to go down. So there may be a lot to offer there. So I'm going to put links for all of this. We're reformatting everything. Uh, please subscribe. Please, you know, actually go and subscribe to the podcast and like it. Follow it. Uh, we all put time into this, and, and this is part of us being a healer, and we really enjoy it very much. All right, ladies, I appreciate your time as always. This was fun. Uh, the next podcast I will be leading, and it's going to be about speaking your truth from within um, and from a place of love without always filtering what you're saying. Um, women tend to be worried about how they're being received and in doing so we don't always speak our truth and this is decades and generations of of conditioning that we do this and and cultural conditioning things like that and really it's time to um speak from within to speak Mm -hmm. with what comes from within so that'll be the next one All right, ladies, have a great, great day. I appreciate everyone out there. Have a great day. Mind your forks in the road, and we will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye.